Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and I'm really pleased to have your company for another week. A very, very special shout out to my new Patreon sponsors, Veronica, Laura, Alan, Jeff, Val, Arlene, and Mihe Marie. Thank you for your kindness. You can sponsor the podcast and, well, help me get to my goal of 500 interviews by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. Before we get to this week's chat, and you're going to love it, by the way, can I just tell you how grateful I am that you all tune in each week? Our numbers have never been stronger. Not that I worry too much about numbers, but it's just so wonderful to have such a strong community formed around the podcast. I really appreciate you joining me each week. It means the world to me. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago or the way of St. James. The Camino calls you. You feel its pull. And once you start to think about it, and once you start to live and breathe the Camino, it's very difficult to move away from it. I told you last week about the Australian Friends of the Camino conference. It was such a joyous occasion, full of love and laughter. Just wonderful. And often that's how I picture the Camino, sitting in the town square with a group of pilgrims telling stories and laughing, singing, being invited to share, being invited to listen to the wisdom or concerns of others. There are not many places on earth where you can truly appreciate the levity of pilgrimage. The Camino is most certainly one of those places. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is a weekly dialogue about the Camino, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. And the Camino is an opportunity for transformation, to be re-energized just when you need it the most. And for some, the discovery of meaning or the discovery of levity on the pilgrimage is a surprise. And the new you learns to love the new you and accept the old you. Marcel Proust was a French novelist who wrote the the monumental novel In Search of Lost Time. And he said the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. So we need to travel to discover and to look within to bring to light our new you. Walking can do it, and writing can do it, singing and playing a musical instrument can do it, and sharing and caring can do it too. And it's this discovery that brings the pilgrims so much joy. Let's talk more about joy and discovery. My guest this week is Stephen R. Marriott, a British writer who is just about to publish his third novel set on the Camino. He's on the line. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thanks, Dan. I'm really uh, happy to be here and um, to chat to you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in Sussex in the UK. That's right, yes. So uh, just temporarily in Sussex, uh, my partner and myself um, have spent a a good chunk of our time um, in London, but we decided to cut our ties with the London and the urban life last summer. And uh, you might say we've been on a little bit of a pilgrimage since then, trying to discover where we might live next. So we, in the summer, we went up to uh, Scotland in our van that we we bought and um, across France and down to Italy, down to Sicily. But we still haven't quite found our place. But at the moment, I'm at my mother, mother-in-law, so Emma's mum's place in Sussex. So we can't really complain because we're not too far from the South Downs here. So anyone um, who, who enjoys walking and knows walking in England will, will know the South Downs. You just mentioned the South Downs. Tell us about the South Downs. I, I don't know much about it. Um, so the South Downs is um, you, you would you know it, it's um, a walk that takes you um, along the um, southern coast of England between the counties I believe of Sussex and Kent, and it's um, a, a walk that is well trod um, in, in the UK. Some people you know it, it doesn't have so much um, what you might say sort of pilgrim routes in the mm. sense to Canterbury say in in England. Or um, obviously the Camino, which we, 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 we're here to talk about mainly. Yeah. But it's 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 a well-trodden path that a lot of people, you know, people would will do, and um, you know, it's um, people would do it for day hikes, you know, a sec a section of the downs, um, and it, it or you know, it takes about a week or so. Right. Um, and I've done the odd section of it. I'm no expert on it, but it's it's, it's very popular. And actually, some people will, will use the downs as preparation um, for the Camino de Santiago. So it's 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 hilly. It's it's a very chalky um, surface. Um, you know, you 
it undulates up and down through, and through the sort of Sussex and Kent and, and, and Kent uh, countryside, um, ending up um, on on the coast in Kent. Yeah, beautiful! Wow, sounds amazing. I love the, the 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 concept of walking in the UK. I really do, and I'm planning to do it one day. I quite like the idea of Lands End to St John of Groats, which sounds like a fantastic walk. We we talked about it just that a few weeks be, ago. Yeah, yeah. Really, that would yeah, that would be pretty spectacular. And I think one of the great things about being in in, in the UK um, is, is that we do have a lot of you know tracks and and and, and well marked paths etc. that are, are open to the public. You've written three books now. Um, they're set on the Camino. It might be a good place to start with your first book, Candy Floss Guitar. Tell me all about that. Gosh, okay. Well, yeah, so that, that that's the first book in the Reluctant Pilgrim series, and, and that one's actually a novella. Um, and I, I didn't set out to, to, to write that book as such. It was um, my first pilgrimage on the Camino Frances um, that I, I, I guess you might say my, my journal uh, and my note-taking um, along the Camino um, eventually morphed into um a blog where I, when i when i when i got to santiago and i started to you know just digest some of the experience of, of the camino mm. um i just wanted to share with people you know that experience but you know it's a, a not particularly experienced um blogger but i set up a blog um that was back in 2012 and just just wrote about my own personal experience but that blog seemed to um, then morph into a fictional um, series, which I, I started just just putting out there on something called Wattpad. I don't know if you if, if you've come no. across Wattpad at all. No. Um, so Wattpad, um, um, it, it, I don't know if it's still around, but it was it was a, a sort of a, a writing platform where anybody could just share stories on there and um, share stories for free, and um, you know it was open to anybody to read. So. Um, the erotic book Fifty Shades of Grey is, is it Fifty Shades of Grey? I believe was was on there. Right. My stories are, are, are not erotic, but that's where that started. Uh, the, the sort of the Fifty Shades of Grey, but then it became very popular and got taken down very quickly and, and got published. So anyway, I put my my my, my book on there, Candy Flask, Candy Floss Guitar, which was it's, it's a fictional story. So it's it's one of the rare um, sort of um, stories which are fictional um, set against the Camino. And um, I slowly started to build an audience. I'd, I'd, I'd put one chapter out there and maybe 50 or 60 people um, read it and, and asked for more. So I put another chapter um, on Wattpad and then maybe the audience built up, to, built up to about 150 or so. Before I knew it, by the time I sort of put, put the third or fourth chapter there, I was on to about five or 600 readers. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, mm. this was unexpected. Perhaps yeah. I've got something. And um, so I, I, I took it off Wattpad discovered um self-publishing amazon and, and that sort of thing put it um the novella um you know learned how to do it all professionally got a professional editor copy you know copy edited it uh proofread professional cover put it onto amazon and, um, and before i know it i started to get readers and people um wanted i thought i completed the story it was pretty obvious that my character diego who um is busking along the camino um and is a wannabe flamenco guitarist um, I, I thought I'd left him. It was obvious that he was going to reach Santiago, but people wanted to know more. And hence, um, my little novella, which you would probably describe as a coming of age tale um, of um, um, as a young Spanish man um, trying to find his way in life. Um, he's, a, he's a talented guitarist, um, but he's very rough around the edges, very raw. Um, but but as he um, is forced to walk, um, his father basically kicks him out of the house, and he's forced to 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 to, to busk his way to Santiago. Um, he he starts to build faith in himself and his music. And yes, subsequently, long story short, um, people are asking for more, and I found myself writing a trilogy, um, which, as I say, is the Reluctant Pilgrim series. And you know, I've just just about to release the third book, Diego's Guitar. But I never I never set out to write a book. I was, you know, I went on the Camino um, in 2012. But, you know, I was at a crossroads myself, um, about to turn 40, lost. Unfortunately, um, I was going through um, a separation. My wife unexpectedly left me. Um, I was um, not happy in my work and in myself. And um, I found a, you know, a creative voice, you might say, walking the Camino. And yep, that, that that that's what led to um, sort of this creative output 
of writing. I mean, the, the only sort of writing I'd previously done before that um, was sort of, you might say, travel emails um, to, to friends and colleagues when I was away in the past, um, or, you know, what you might call sort of um, boring financial reports from my desk um, in the city of London. Right. That's great. We will get to the boring city life in the city of London in a minute. But you wrote to me to say, writing these books has transformed my life in so many ways. I met my future wife at a bookstore event about the Camino, where I was invited to speak about the first book. And Emma was the owner of the store. I had the courage to break free from the corporate world and become a full-time author. And now my first two books have gone on to be number one Amazon bestsellers in several categories. They've also been inspiring others to walk the Camino. So before we get to the corporate world, let's start with Emma. Tell us that story. Oh, gosh. I never had a dream like a lot of people to walk the Camino. It wasn't something that, um, you know... I was thinking for years and years I would do it eventually in my life. Mm. That said, I was aware of the Camino um, and I had been aware about it for about 10 years before I walked it, but I'd just forgotten about it. You know, I'd sort of banked it and um, I'd met a lady. For, are, are you aware of the, I guess you're probably aware of the Confraternity of St. James in, in yes. London, the CSJ? Yes. yes. Yeah. So um, I, I was friends with um, a lady called uh, Marion Marples, um, who, who was one of the founders of the CSJ. And unfortunately, she passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and she t- so she told me about the Camino and what they did in, in sort of early 2000. And and at the time when I was living in London, I, you know, I thought, well, that that just sounds like an amazing adventure. I like Spain. I like Spanish culture. One day, maybe I'll I'll do that. But then I forgot about it. You know, as you do, I um, forgot about it. Roll forward um, ten years to 2012, and um, my um, my wife um, surprised me and said she didn't want to be married anymore. And you know, that 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 that, that was a complete surprise. We've been together for ten years. Um, I was at a point in my life where I wasn't getting any more. I wasn't getting much satisfaction from working. Um, in um, the, the finance industry and um, in the stock in, in stockbroking in London, and um, I wasn't quite sure if London was the place for me anymore. So I was at a big crossroads, um, and then um, I remembered the Camino through three signs. Um, and I won't go into the story, this, this, the story, this, the, that that story. That's quite long. But let's just say the, the film The Way came out. I saw that on a plane coming, um, um, and then within within two weeks somebody said to me um when i was sitting in a pub on my own look, looking pretty glum because of the, you know what was happening in my life um he was a polish guy and he just looked at me i was the only person in the pub and just him he said you need to walk the community of santiago he has his own story about that and then a couple of weeks later i was in a bookshop um and i were as i do looking through the travel section and i and i the book um paulo coelho's um pilgrimage book kind of leapt out at me but i got these three signs and a sort of a space of you know a a space of a couple of weeks and i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm I'm just gonna go on the camino um and so yes uh before i knew it uh i'd rented out my flat and um within about a month i was um in uh, saint uh, Saint jean de pierre de port um at the start of the, the traditional camino de france's um, a novice pilgrim about to walk it. But long story short, at the end of the Camino, um, 31 days later, um, well, plus Finisterre, which I ended up walking, I um, I had a bit bit longer time out in Spain. Some of the friends I met um, were a lot of Italians and they invited me to Italy. So I spent a bit of time there just 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 digesting. And then I started to to, to write these these blogs, which morphed into the um, the, the story and the novella. Um, I come back to London. Um, I tell I tell Marion Marples, uh, you know, from the CSJ, that um, I think I've got something um, which is um, a, a fictional tale about the Camino, but you know, but based uh, inspired by my experiences. Um, then I hear from her um, several months later, and she says, "Oh, I'm organising an event at a, a bookshop in London, just up the road from the CSJ in Waterloo." Um, we're having some guest speakers um, and some authors who've written memoirs or, you know, people uh, written guidebooks or you know, Camino related books yeah. um, as your book is just about to come out. And this was sort of late 2014, uh, no, early 2015, the paperback version had just come out. She said to me, would you like to come and do a reading and um, do a question and answer about, you know, your Camino experience and your book? So I'll, I was delighted to do that. 
Um, so I turned up there, you know, um, did my part. And Emma, the bookshop owner, um, gave me a glass of wine and, you know, and, and the other and, and everybody else for, you know, for participating to say thank you. And um, uh, after the event, I was waiting um, for a couple of friends who were going to come to the talk, but they were running late. In actual fact, they didn't make it. So Emma, it was just me and Emma in the shop and she was sort of cashing up and packing up for the evening. And I said, and I just said to Emma, that was so kind of you to... You know, to buy me a glass of wine. Has anyone ever bought you a glass of wine? Because they've got it's a it's a bookshop, but they've also got a bar. It's a bar stroke cafe. And she said no. I said, well, can I buy you a glass of wine? She had Rioja by chance, so that was quite nice. <laughs> um, and um, I bought her a glass of wine, and basically the rest is history. Um, she's now my fiance. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, yeah, so, so it's a funny thing that it, you know, um, my wife left me, and that was. You know, a, a big catalyst for me to walk the Camino, but uh, I found love in, a, in a, a, through you know in, in the, through walking the Camino, writing a, a book again. It was you know, so it's strange. Back in London, of course. So that that's the full circle part. Okay, so now tell us about breaking free from the corporate world. What were you doing, and and how difficult was that? Because I'm certain there was financial reward to being part of the corporate world and you've you've sort of walked away from all of that. Tell us about Uh what you call breaking free. Well, it was was a transition. So I didn't just sort of get up and leave and say, that's that. But it was a transition. Um, So um, when I did the original Camino Frances, I I quit my job at that time. Um, as I said, I was going through some changes and um, I didn't have the intention of like completely walking away from the world of finance, but walking away from that job, that, um, which was I was um, an analyst in stockbroking. So, yes, um, I wasn't one of these sort of high flying traders. So don't think millions or things like that. But yes, a, a nice, comfortable lifestyle. You know, don't don't get me wrong in, in London. And um, but so I walked away from that particular job. Um you know, the, the Camino was an awakening for me. It, it wasn't an immediate awakening, but things started to, to develop and digest as I started to write and um, after and, st- and then start to reflect on things as sort of the, you know, you know how they say often that the Camino only just starts once you reach Santiago. Yeah. That would, that, that definitely, that definitely happened for me. So yeah, the world of um, 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 stockbroking, I, I left that job in um, uh, 2000 and, 12 yeah 2012 mid 2012 did the Camino came back and then wrote um but I still needed to pay the bills right I still you know one one novella is not gonna it's not you know it, it, it's, it's not gonna uh, match up to a, a, a paid salary in in, in in London so I I still had to work so but I did um I um rented my flat out to, uh, to, uh, you know to get income and put on an Airbnb I um and did some consultancy work for a while and um uh, and then uh, then uh, as the success of the first book started to take off and I and I started to get some very nice reviews on Amazon I was getting emails from people um who uh, were saying it's um you know inspire their dreams some some people just different things different emails but you know and some of them had become curious about the Camino because of the because of the book and mm. were, were contemplating to walk in it, and so. But some of the uh, some of the reviews I had, they 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 felt as if they wanted to know more about Diego. What happens to him next? Um, I left it, um, and I don't want to spoil it too much for people who haven't read the first book. But uh, I, I suggested he was still on the road, and I hinted that he might reach Santiago, and I thought that was enough. But people needed to know more, and so then. Um, roll forward a couple more years i was doing the consultancy work i um said okay um let's take let let's let, let's continue diego's story and so i i walked uh, i walked a bit more of the um final section of the camino uh Saria to um santiago just to get a flavor of um of where i left my character diego the story from there and then i found um the story took him to to um madrid yeah and then the story took him to the the, the lesser walked um Camino Mazarabe. Um, um and so I walked that for research purposes. He walks it actually backwards towards the Mediterranean because he 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 he's on a kind of flamenco quest into Andalusia, which is obviously the heart of flamenco. Yeah. But yes, long story short, um, about leaving the the, 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 you know, the sort of the, the corporate world um, and the, the stockbroking is that after I published that second book, I started to get traction. 
and uh, it was a full-size novel. Uh, my writing had got better, I think, since then. People were saying it had, and that's when that's when that book started to hit some number ones and in different categories on Amazon. I think at one point the highest it ever got to in the whole Amazon charts was something like number fifty-five in the Canadian charts for um, a, a few days. So um, not a number one, but no, but number fifty-five out of all of Amazon for a Fantastic. few days. So that was very yeah. very nice and hitting number one, you know, in 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 different sort of categories. Um, and that so that started to give me the confidence um, that maybe you know maybe I can be a professional writer. Maybe um, I don't have I don't have to keep doing this consultancy work. Well, what happened then um, is so I started to research the third book, Diego's um, story, which took me to the Camino Portuguese, and then um, I, I walked that in two thousand and nineteen. The first part, so the, the first part um, from uh, from Porto, I, I should say, Porto to um, to Tui, so just into the Spanish side. That's that, and that, that I only had time to do that section of it. Um, then we had I returned back to London, and then um, six months later, we had um, the lockdowns and um, and, and and we all went, you know the, 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 that period of things yeah. with, with COVID. Mm. Uh, so um, I continued to work because you couldn't really do anything else, really, <laughs> apart from work, right, working on the book. And the company I was doing consultancy work gave me more consultant, gave me more work. Mm. And so I, I worked for them for another 18 months. But at the end of that period, um, I was making headway with the third book. And um, I said, you know, this is the time to quit. So, um, so sort of, um, yeah, so coming up for, just over 18 months, two years ago now, I um I, I, I quit the corporate world. And let, let me say, yes, um, I am making a, a living um, through writing now. And, and the third book, you know, knowing the third book was coming out, it gave me the confidence, given the sales of the first two books. But I still haven't replaced the income that I, I, I got from um, work, working nine to five. But, you know, I've just adjusted my lifestyle. We, you know, as I said, said we, you know, we've left London, and so we, and I, I found the confidence and self belief, and uh, motivation to, you know, to give this a go as a writer, and so far so good. Fantastic! You said writing these books has transformed my life in so many ways. What's it like to live this transformed life? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I think. One thing I'd say is not to take it for granted. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, because like anything you get into, you know, any job, any uh, anything in life, um, you get into a routine, i.e. the routine of um, writing daily um, when I'm working on the novels. And um, that can get a little bit monotonous sometimes. Mm. But um, so, you know, so... Um, um, and and there's times when you struggle with the writing and you, you know you have the, the the typical writer's block or you you know you, you question when maybe your sales are down for the month or um um i mean sales of books sort of um they they ratchet up to begin with then they fade off and so i'm in the fade off stage now from the first two books and you know um i'm hoping that the third book will will will, will pick up the slack so it's a, it's not it, you know it's it's not a, it's not a bed of roses as such yeah. compared to that but i i work for myself i have flexibility i choose my working hours and as i said we um we spent a lot of last summer exploring scotland and some of europe as, as a place to live so it's a uh, it, you know, it's 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 uh, it. I don't want to use the term dream life because everybody's life is just as relevant as anybody else's. You know, um, but it's uh, it's very unexpected, and it's not what it's not what I thought was, was going to come out of my Camino. I didn't know what was going to come out of my Camino, but it, I, it, 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 I wasn't expecting a sort of a creative life. But this is this is the life that's come, and um, and it's given me the faith and confidence to to say yes i have got a creative voice and and um some people seem to um you know seem to want to listen to that or, or, re or read my books wow tell us about music then and in particular flamenco because they're clearly yes. clearly influenced your camino novels tell us about music and flamenco in particular okay yes um so uh, I'll, I'll be honest i'm not musical at all um very uh i i enjoy music but um I, i'm i'm not a musician or play the guitar or you know create wonderful music like yourself and uh, actually i was just listening to your uh, your song just before just to get me in the mood and uh, 
it's it's very nice and catchy. I really I, I love it actually. Oh, fantastic! Um, Thank you. Some along the way, but but I'm uh, not I'm not I'm not in your uh, I'm not talented like you in that in, in, in that sense. But you can't help but go to Spain and um, not be surrounded and, and and not be surrounded by music, can you? Um, as you know, and um, but interestingly enough, uh, um, again, um, the traditional Camino route, um, Camino Frances and Galicia and and the northern part of Spain is not flamenco, you know, is it? It 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 it, it, it it's more it, it Celtic roots. A lot of the folk music there, and um, and so that it, so that so it's it's it, it's kind of interesting. So when I was walking the Camino, I wasn't so influenced by flamenco as such because flamenco is not really in that that region um however um again as you as you'll know um you are surrounded by people whether you're passing through a city who are busking people um bringing a you know bringing a guitar with themselves on the camino or maybe a fiddle and um and the music there or you know you know the the uh, a bar or a restaurant will often have music and um with me um i walked um on and off um with a group of italians mainly um and a couple other nationalities and one of them was a young mexican guy just 21 yeah um very curious guy um um you know and you, and, you, know, you don't get so many younger people on the camino of that age but he was just very i think his upbringing i think had been quite constrained and i think he just was breaking free on the camino he was a talented guitarist and so he walked with us um occasionally and, and um he he bust you know he didn't busk along the way you know he didn't he didn't play for money but we, you know, he would he would break out of his guitar and entertain and so that that influenced me um i guess quite a bit as did the other buskers and other people that 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 that, 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 that you know that, that that um bring joy and music yeah to the camino and you know there's a lot of pipe music you know galicia is very strong and rich in, in that kind of celtic um um galician music uh, so that was an influence but it wasn't it you know it, it and um i'd been to flamenco before i'd been to madrid before i've been down to you know to seville and andalusia and i yeah. just thought wouldn't it be great if we had a flamenco guitarist um walking the camino and finding his faith finding his um his way with music um as he as he walked and and so his story um uh, continues into other parts and regions of spain but he always seems to find a camino um, um you know j just just when he needs it yeah as it has a habit of doing that yeah wow so tell us about you mentioned earlier the camino mozarabe is that right have i pronounced that correctly you have yes. It's from the Mediterranean. Tell us about that Camino Mozarabe. Mozarabe. So yes, it's it's, it's a little. Um, yeah, it's not as well known as obviously the the more famous um, um, uh, Caminos more in the north. But um, obviously, um, at the height of pilgrimage, um, uh, Christians um, walked the Camino from all parts of all parts of Spain, yeah. as they did from all parts of Europe. And um, this is the this is the the sort of the the the, the Christian way, but but during the the time of the Moors, so Christian Moors, as in Mazarabe is, is is means Christian Moor, um, walked the Camino from um, from the Mediterranean up towards Granada, Cordoba, um, and the, the Mazarabe then um, not far after Cordoba hits the Via Plata, which um, is more well known, of course. The, the Via Plata, and then takes you north up to up towards Santiago, and the um, you know the more traditional Caminos that hits the Frances later on. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's the pilgrims who are walking from the south of Spain and the Mediterranean, and has its roots um, when in in in, in, the, in in the times of the Moors, of the Christian who were the Christian Moors, uh, walking it. And um, uh, there's there's a couple of different starting routes. Um, from the Mediterranean, Seville, uh, Malaga, or Almeria, which is the most southerly port. So it makes it the most southerly Camino, and it's um, uh, a lot of it takes it takes place south of Granada, um, and you skirt north round the Sierra Nevada, where it's flatter and 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 and, sort of, and, and, and the, sort of the, the the lower, lower um, regions of the Sierra Nevada, up towards Granada, and it's 
how would I put it? It's it was pretty epic. It's yeah. it's it's quite way it's quite well waymarked, but it it um it it wasn't I think until about two thousand and seventeen eighteen that it had a refresh that 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 the 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 um the um Almeria the Jacobean Almeria Association um um you know waymarked it much better. Only about um it might have changed now since I walked it a couple of years ago. Only about two hundred and fifty people walk it a year. So you're lucky if you see a pilgrim when you walk it. I um, uh, Emma walked it partly with me, and the only other pilgrims we saw were two cyclists who waved at us um, and shouted "Buen Camino" um, from afar. <laughs> and um, there aren't so many albergues. Um, you, um, there are albergues, but um, often it might be um, a Sunday school um, that's opened up to you, or um, we did stay in a couple of albergues, but we were the only people. Um, and this is where it's really interesting. The the the, um, the villagers and townspeople open up their houses to you to the pilgrims, right. um, and they you know again they understand the history. They they, they understand it very well. And um, yeah, we stayed in um, a couple a couple of houses of the ta- of the local town mayors. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's no there's no guidebooks. Um, um, <laughs> Although there are there there is information in Spanish, and um, yeah, so it takes a bit more a bit more planning. Although we didn't, in fairness, we we, we basically had a PDF, followed the route, um, in, i.e. the um, the arrow the yellow arrows, um, got ourselves lost a couple of times, and there's a couple of stories in there which were which again were, were, were kind of gold us for um for for the second book. And very rural. I'd imagine it's probably before the Camino start, you know, sort of had its rebirth in sort of the late 80s. I think this is how the Camino might have been, you know, before that. Yeah, yeah. So how did you organise staying with somebody like the mayor or or staying in a, in a Sunday schoolhouse? <laughs> well, we didn't organise it. You know, the, the, the people just take care of you. So we started in Almeria at the starting point at the uh, at the St. Jack at the cathedral there in Almeria. Um and we had printed off some um from the the, the Almeria Jacobean Association there's a PDF which breaks it down into each section. So we printed that off but it's in Spanish. Um I have a little bit of Spanish so that helps. And I would say if you're going to walk that Camino it's not like the Francis where it's it's kind of more international um in the south that you need some Spanish. Mm. um it's still possible but you would need some spanish because the you know the locals there speak spanish yeah and they have no they know they have no other need, need to speak english really apart from if we were when you come into you know granada or or and and some of the bigger towns and cities like cordoba but so yeah so we had our pdf with each section broken down in spanish and it would you know it tell you it was it, it's well detailed you know it tell you the gradient for each you know for each section's you know the towns you might come in yeah um and so we walked the first day um from from almeria starting in to get into the foothills of the sierra nevada and there is an albergue and we knew this because we you know it was on the pdf we arrive at the albergue uh naively of course um and there's nobody there <laughs> uh, but we get it was only a small village so we go and ask in the local bar and then they phone the the, the you know the the, the the person running the albergue who you know it's a part-time it was it was end of august so um you know that that normally in in, in the traditional camino in or the camino francis that's peak time still but this you know that it, it, it it's some frequent visitors but no anyway, the um it, um you know, the call went through, and before we know it, we're um, the doors of the um, you know, a modern albergue with a swimming pool <laughs> was opened up to us, and really? Emma and I um, had our choice of uh, I think it was just two or three you know rooms that would take up to sort of uh, you know dorms up to sort of six to eight people. We we picked one of the dorms, had it to ourselves, and then you know had a nice night there, and you know et out in the town, and because you know you're unique you're unique um doing this and so you know they everyone is very generous as they are on all caminos but it's almost like you're it's kind of special so we you know we at often actually we ended up eating for free they wouldn't they, as, as pilgrims they they wouldn't they wouldn't charge us in some places but in this instance so yes day one was complete the second day um we knew where we we're heading 
following the arrows. The arrows are pretty well um, uh, waymarked, as I say. But the the word had gone out. The word had gone up to the next town where they knew the, 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 the albergue, the hostel, had just said, well, you know, what's our plan for the next day? We told them. They put the word out to the next place and they were waiting for us. And it's a kind of a network. Right. Um, and then we started to learn that we started to learn with some ones where maybe there might be only one one place of accommodation or a private albergue or um, a guest house to ring ahead. You know, we started to learn that that was probably the best way. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah, and um, that actually, I, I didn't pick up on that, but it did say it in, in 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 in, in Spanish, um, in, in in the you know the PDF document. And there is information out there, but you get, it's harder to find. You know, you've got to Google it. Um, the CSJ, um, the Confraternity of Saint James in London, which I had a connection with, they have got some information, but not from Almeria. Um, but you know, I went into their library and did a bit of information. You know, at least found, uh, that's how I discovered there was a route. You know, not many people even document the route from Almeria. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's in my book now. Um, uh, and but I feel like it's sort of it's 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 sort of it's you know great to highlight it. But it's it's going to be one of these. You know, I don't want to shout from the rooftops about it too much um, because before you know it, it, it you know. Um, it, it might become very commercial, and I think it's it's something. There's something quite special about some which you know haven't become too commercial. If you if you if understand what I'm saying, but again, you know that's it's not, it's not for me to say. It's not for me to to, to make a judgment on that. And you know, um, everyone um, you know, everyone should experience their own Camino and, and whichever Camino they want to yeah. to try. Wow, from the Mediterranean, Mazarabe, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. So how or why? Do you think the Camino sparked this unexpected life of writing? Oh, that's a that is a that's a good a, a good question. I think it was you know it, it was I, I've always read a lot of books. I read as a, as a child, um, my father introduced me to books, and and I always liked those sort of um, the, those books of journeying. You know, whether it was sort of C.S. Lewis and the Narnia fantasy books to um, Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings and yeah. those kind of quests quest books you might say a journey um so i've always liked those kind of books with a sort of a quest type element to it but I, what i would say in terms of the you know the camino is that i found um the experience of just being um in kind of rural spain the the the, the, the situation of learning to slow down um i didn't have any time constraints so i had the freedom of walking at my own pace yeah um and um, I learned early on uh, that it wasn't a race, that I didn't have any deadline. And I found the more I started to slow down, um, and I actually used to some days just say, okay, this morning I'm not going to walk with anyone. I'm just going to walk at a much slower place. And if I see you for lunch, I'll see you for lunch, or maybe I'll see you at the um, you know, the village at the end of the day. And when I just did that every so often and slowed down, I just think – um i started to observe more i think my um my journal became richer for it more descriptive and um i would just do simple things then when i started to just you know appreciate and not sort of count down the days or or, or be anxious about the distance you know simple things like oh i'll just turn around and, and look at look look at where i've just come from or um in take a look at the view from the hilltop that I just climbed, or I don't know, observe nature more closely, observe, observe, um, I don't, a, a bee pollinating a flower or just yeah. stop, stop on a bridge to watch the water flow underneath it. And, you know, maybe ob observe, you know, if there was any fish life or what, or, or what nature there was. And actually in the Mozarabi, you, you know, because it's so rural, it's South of Granada. As I say, it's like going back in time, you know, we saw deers on that walk, you know, it's so quiet uh, and things. So I guess I, I think somehow um, it, it in terms of the word spark, I think it I reconnected with, you know, nature um, on, a, on a human level and started to um, connect more to a spiritual side of me that, that perhaps um, yeah, did, did need rekindling um, after years in the office um london life yeah and i think my observations became just became um more heightened and um i found that i, I could turn those observations into words yeah 
Yeah, and now three books later, here we are talking about the launch yes. of Diego's guitar, which is the the third book. It's out at the end of the month. Why Reluctant Pilgrim? You keep saying that there's this Reluctant Pilgrim trilogy. What's with the Reluctant Pilgrim? Well, that, that's an interesting question because I think a lot of pilgrims might be um, anxious or uncertain when they start out on the road or... Um, you know, not quite knowing what's going to come, but they're not reluctant often. You know, they've chosen to walk the Camino. For a lot yeah. of people, it's a dream. Yeah. For some people, you know, as you know, it's a it's a physical challenge. Um, so they're not reluctant in that sense. But um, I think I, uh, me personally, um, I was more reluctant in the sense that when I went on the Camino, um, I didn't really, I was aware of it. Um, and the sort of you know banked it and as and, and subconsciously, uh, but I w- wasn't going on the Camino because I had this dream of of of, of the Camino. I hadn't you know I hadn't done yeah. lots of you know it hadn't been something that, that it was more of a case of that I've run out of answers. I've run out of answers. Um, I know um, my wife's not coming back. I know I really don't like my job. I just don't have any answers. Um, and I actually, before that, I did a little bit of traveling, um, uh, thinking that might work. That you might call that more running away traveling. It was a it was a trip to Asia and a bit of backpacking and and, and, and things. But when I returned from that trip, I was no happier. And it was we're coming back from that trip that I actually saw the the film The Way on the plane. Right. I was, when I returned, I was no happier in myself than I was before. So it was kind of I was a little bit reluctant in the sense of oh, I was out of answers let's just give this a go but I wasn't sort of saying yes I'm ready for pilgrimage this is going to be the answer to me and my 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 the, 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 my character Diego um in the first book he's he lives um um him and his friends and, and family live on um a village on the Camino Francis but um, nobody from that village has ever walked the Camino before but they're very of course living on a village on the Camino um they're very aware of the significance of the Camino. They're very aware of what it means. They're very aware of what it means for their local economy in terms of there being an albergue and 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 pass and pilgrims passing through and and and, and the, what it, the, the economy it gives in terms of hospitality and the local bar. But you know, never really thought that it was for them, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, he's a bit of a layabout. He. Uh, you know, here, here do he pick up, you know, it's rural Spain, so there's not a lot of work there. He'd pick up work in the grape season. He'd work the local bar and, you know, when it's busy. Um, but, you know, he's not someone that, that, you know, he was motivated, but he's a raw talent. And one day his father, his aging father has had enough. And he basically gives him an ultimatum. He's, you know, he sends him, um, he sends him on his way with the, with the gift of his, um, his old flamenco guitar, because his father was a flamenco guitarist, and says, you have two choices. I've arranged for you to go and work um, on your cousin's farm, which is um, further, you know, not far away. Yeah. Or or go and walk the Camino, bring this guitar and see what happens. And he, and he gives him some money um, to do that. And um, he, relu- he thinks he's going to go um, and work on his cousin's farm. Then he finds himself kind of on the dragged onto the Camino, where you might say, by a by an unexpected chance meeting with um with um, a female um pil- pilgrim, uh, a Dutch pilgrim, and uh, so he to begin with he's he's just walking it for a laugh, you know, he's yeah. walking it for the wrong reasons. But the Camino does its magic. He starts to you know he starts to he starts to um he starts to walk it for for himself. And so he, he's he's a reluctant pilgrim to begin with, yeah. <laughs> and um, the stages when he is reluctant later in life with things as the, as the series progresses, but the but the Camino, um, you know, as it does to some of us, speaks to us, has a habit of finding him um, and, and 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 encouraging him yeah. until he becomes until he understands he is a pilgrim and and, and he you know he 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 becomes a pilgrim. Yeah, 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 yeah. A reluctant. A reluctant pilgrim who who eventually comes to embrace it all. Three books later, here, yeah. we, here we go. Well, yeah, I mean, he he yeah he, he inspires people himself as yeah. as you know as all pilgrims inspire each other when they intersect each other. Um, yeah. you know, on the Camino roads. That's right. I was only just thinking about it the other day that you trip and fall and somebody comes to help you up. We call them Camino angels, and it's a, one of the 
the best parts about yes. the Camino process. Yeah, you don't. That's it. You don't often realise that you're 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 helping somebody in your own way, inspiring them, giving them encouragement. But you know, often you see it in the people that 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 that, that help you yeah. come your way. But you don't often reflect to see it from yourself. But that's what he becomes as well. Yeah, how wonderful. So some sort of quick fire questions, if you like. Uh, because, Stephen, you've done a bit of walking now and you do a bit of writing about it. You've clearly done a lot of thinking. Let's step back onto the Camino. If I'm thinking of walking and I'm listening to us chat, what's something I should make sure I pack? Oh, that's a very good question. Arnica gel. Have you ever, have you ever used Arnica gel? No, Arnica gel. Oh, Arnica gel. Well, that is... Um, it's um, it's an ointment that um, has... Um, you typically use it um, on bruising... And it's uh, it's a natural it's a natural um, it's a natural um, um, uh, you know uh, medicine that um, has always helped me when I've you know had a, a, a bruising or a bad leg or um, you oh. know no chemicals in it you know so it's a it's a, it's so I would say arnica gel um, would go. be something yeah just a little a little bottle of arnica gel right what's something I could leave behind at home. Oh, leave behind at home. Gosh, good question. <laughs> That's a hard one, but I, I mean, I typically say the the the, the, the standard answer: half your backpack, because everybody always brings too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, um, and, you know, as you end up posting things home, etc., which you really didn't need. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, I, I think leave behind your prejudices. If and that's not always so easy because we're so easily. Uh, we live routines and so easily conditioned by our our our, our daily lives and jobs and, and 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 our environment. But I think if we can leave behind some of our uh, our prejudices or, or fixed ideas and, and and go with an open mind, fabulous, and be open to what comes on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is there a favourite albergue on all of your caminos? Some of the monasteries that you can stay in a in a a, a, a particularly particularly great um gosh the thing is i can i can picture them down but i can't remember the names <laughs> the, the names of them so, so so much but in um i mean i've stayed in um you know in some some some, some great monasteries on the way and i think some of you know some of those experiences when uh, when you're eating communal meals together um you know with with the residents in the monastery uh, a very special and you get some of the choral music and things yeah uh, but yeah so um i think i'll leave it and say yes if you're going to walk the camino um um albergues uh spec you know municipal and private albergues are are, are, are are all part of the experience but if you can you know um stay in in and one of the um uh, monasteries en route uh yeah. Yeah. It's something special. Sure is. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Mm. So, Stephen, what would you say to someone thinking of walking the Camino? What would I say to them? D don't overthink it. Don't dwell on it. D don't, whilst planning is required, especially depending on your level of fitness or um, time constraints. Um, so logistically, you do need to plan things. I would say don't overthink it. It will work out. You will make friends if you work if you're going to walk it on your own. So you know, be a solo walker. Trust because it it, it always works out. But uh, yeah, if you are going to do any planning, just make sure you, the two things: um, footwear and backpack. Um, put a bit of research into that. Yeah, that's right. Footwear. <laughs> I I had yeah. not done well. I thought I'd done enough footwear uh, research. Yeah. And got blisters because I walked in the rain in 2018. I got I, I was very heavy rain, so I got blisters as a result oh, of that. But but then for this, I was just over there at the end of last year, back on the Camino Frances, and I went to a shoe shop nearby me, and just so happened that the owner was there that day, and she knew everything. She was so knowledgeable. <laughs> she was fantastic, and she was saying, yes. "No, no, no, you don't need the no. That's that's they're not the right shoes for you." these are the right shoes for you. And I was wow, really wow. surprised. And of course I walked 
have never had a blister. I've never had a problem. I've had no trouble whatsoever. She knew exactly what I yeah. needed. So yeah, it was all about just amazing being lucky enough and doing my research, which was great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, like I found now North Face work for me. You know, once you know what footwear works for you, um, it, you know, it, it, that's very important. Actually, I was listening earlier today to your 300th episode. And um, so I was listening to you on that Camino, um, you know, with you and your family, which was, which was really special. It was really special. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more happy and delighted I am that I got the chance to do it. It was absolutely mm. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to go back this year, but I, I don't know that I'm going to get a chance to. So it makes it even more okay. special. Yeah, it makes it even yeah, well, more Well, maybe special. your sons will get the chance to, to go again. And I have to say, they were so mature. I mean, I don't know if the Camino just sort of matured them. But, um, you know, they just listening to their their experiences that that was something it was wasn't it yeah they're lovely yeah. <laughs> they're fast asleep it's sunday morning here in of Sydney. course <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. well, dad's in the studio working <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> they're allowed to they're in, the, they're in their early 20s aren't they yeah them, i believe yeah 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 <laughs> so three books uh the reluctant pilgrim trilogy the new book Diego's guitar comes out at the end of march uh, you're a busy guy. You've got no doubt new stories to to discover and new stories to write. But why don't you tell us a Camino story? Okay, gosh, a Camino story. Okay, let's. Where do I start? I think you know what I'm going to um, mention something that happened to me on my most recent Camino because obviously my memory is the freshest. Yeah. And it was um, so the so the final Camino was. Um, um, as, as, as I touched on, was the Camino Portuguese, and we got to finish the second part of that um, in 2021. So just after sort of Europe opened up after the lockdowns and things, um, um, uh, late August 21, and um, so I was with Emma this time. Now you know who I'd met because of the, the first Camino in the book, and so she joined me for um, for the for this Camino, and so arriving um, into Santiago. Um, at the end of that Camino, that for me was actually the third time I'd arrived into Santiago because of the subsequent research in the books, so I'd, I'd returned to Santiago. And I was thinking to myself, as we walked, sort of meandered our way through the, you know, the old town and the, the cobbled streets in, into, the, you know, to the cathedral mm. of the Santiago, the Compostela Cathedral, and into the main, um, uh, main plaza, Piazza. And I was thinking how is it going to end for me this time you know is something special going to happen how how am i going to feel you know will i feel will i feel different um you know, I, 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 and, and and how's emma going to feel about it because this is the first time that she's you know she's walked a full camino and and and, and ended and and, and, and and arrived in santiago she had walked she'd actually walked um part of the french camino um from um before but never never to santiago yeah so we arrive, um, I think, um, mid-morning into Santiago, you know, as you do, you know, very emotional. Um, but not I wasn't emotional in the sense that how I'd done the first one. You know, the first one is going to – you also have a sense of such relief as well, I think, on the first one. And so we, we arrive there and we're looking up at St. James um, above us, his statue, looking down on, on, on you know, to, 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 to the arriving pilgrims. And then within a minute or two, um, I think I think he was Italian. An Italian man came up to us and said, um, "Me and my family were going to do a tour of the the rooftop of the cathedral, but we can't do it now. Um, um, one of our members of our party has has, has an injury, um, so we're going to the. Do I think they were going to the doctor with their friend who had the injury. Anyway, the they, they, long story short, they couldn't. They weren't doing. It. They said, "Would you? Would you? We have two tickets." Um, spare would you like to um um do a rooftop tour of the camino uh, of the oh, sorry of the, of the cathedral yeah and and but literally it was in five minutes time it was at 10 o'clock i think it, they were booked in for 10 o'clock so we sort of look at each other you know still dusting off you know ourselves from the the camino trek that morning we got up early you know still you know sweaty and hot the sun was coming up and um we're like well why not so before we knew it, we were we we went into the the entrance that takes you up um, up the sort of spiral stone staircase mm -hmm. up to the rooftop. Yeah, dropped our bags at the bottom. They kindly looked after our bags at the sort of museum reception there, um, and we're on the rooftop within minutes of arriving in Santiago, looking down at the pilgrims arriving outside the cathedral um, into the into the plaza, 
and thinking, my gosh, <laughs> this is how it ends for us on the, on the rooftop, looking down, and we're and you know, we're, it's 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 a sort of terrace style roof, so you can stand yeah, on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't even I don't know if you've done it, but I didn't even know you could you could you could have a tour of the rooftop. And so we're looking down at the sort of the long shadows of the people, you know, the sort of ten o'clock sun arriving in, and just it was a really sort of moving spiritual thing for me because I actually saw some of the people arriving who you know uh, the, the, the paths we crossed on the way other yeah, pilgrims yeah. um and just something about their shadows as well the sort of the you know that sort of the it reminded me because you could see the long shadows at that time um from up there the sort of you know in, in you know the sort of the duality of life in a way the sort of the, the rough with the smooth and it just reminded me that yes we have to accept the good and the bad in life that's part of life and so it was a big reminder of, of that and then something else funny um from the rooftop there we saw in the distance uh, a polish family that we who we'd seen on and off walking um 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 a, a, a daughter with her mother and father so they arrived and, and we you know we spotted them uh and um that day we we didn't end up doing the 12 o'clock mass because by the time we got the rooftop tour and then we had to check our bags into our accommodation it was too late so we did we did the the next day we did the mass and the uh, the polish father <laughs> he was he was um taking part um in in the ceremony he was uh, yeah he, so we a little we hadn't known it but he you know, he um he was a, he was a priest as well from poland and had obviously been invited to take part in part of the ceremony so, you know the, uh, the the mass so it was it was just that's uh, that's it was a sort of um I don't know. It was a really interesting spiritual sort of experience to be on the yeah. rooftop, and that for me, that that was just so unexpected. You know, I thought we were going to be going into the twelve o'clock mass, uh, but we ended up on the rooftop of the cathedral, looking oh. down at all the, the pilgrims arriving. That's really interesting. Nobody's ever told me. I, I know that you could do a rooftop tour. I have heard people do that, but I yes. never thought of that going up there to finish your Camino to watch over all the pilgrims coming and going. That's no, a great I'm, idea. Uh, and I yeah, and I didn't and I and I didn't actually at the time know that you could get a rooftop tour. Yeah. And of course, in in, in days gone past, the you know, um, uh, pilgrims um, could also burn you know, burn their clothes and things. There was a there was a sort of you know a, a medieval incinerator, um, at, you know, actually on the rooftop. So pilgrims were invited onto the rooftop to you know to sort of to burn their clothes uh, as well so wow. um you know you, you you get it's still there obviously you, you can't do that now but uh <laughs> yes y you, yeah. you, you, you see that there and you know so um um yeah so it was sort of another version of the of the bota Fumero, you know is on the roof there which you got wow. to see that's fantastic. So that i thought to myself it's funny because i thought to myself when we arrived outside well it was holy year 2021 will we uh maybe that's how it'll end i'll actually finally get to see the bottom from bottom from where i've killed the pronunciation of that sorry but uh um i never got to see it and i still haven't got to see it but uh you know that's that that still awaits me well you will one day i'm sure i'm <laughs> absolutely certain of it oh there's a section of diego's guitar um, where he runs into a group of of unexpected fans on the camino and i'll read a section he he rested, okay. he rested the guitar on his lap, tilted his head over the soundboard and plucked a low E. It sounded mournful, yet resilient, and only required a small adjustment of its tuning peg. The other strings required minimal tuning too. He took a breath, and in that momentary stillness, the early teachings of his maestro came to mind, whereby the professor would have Dago mimicking the classical flamenco guitarist before allowing his own emotions to seep in. And he felt the urge to play his favourite Paco Delicia song, Between Two Waters. When he began, the notes played crisp and fine. Dago up the pace of his picado, his middle fingers galloping along the strings. I could totally imagine that scene playing out. And so I wanted to finish today by saying congratulations on the three books. Stephen, the third Diego's guitar, as I said, is out the end of the month. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you. This last hour has rushed by. Thank you so much, and buen camino. Buen camino, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure, and um, yeah, you're, you're very kind to have me on. Thank you again.
My guest this week was the Camino author Stephen R. Marriott. His books are available on Amazon. The third in his Reluctant Pilgrim trilogy, Diego's Guitar, is out at the end of the month, and it follows his two previous books, Candy Floss Guitar and Santiago's Guitar. You can find him via his website too, stephenrmarriott.com. A very, very special shout-out to my new Patreon sponsors, Veronica, Laura, Alan, Jeff, Val, Arlene, and Mihe Marie. Thank you so much for your kindness. You can sponsor the podcast and help me get to my goal of 500 interviews by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. Marcel Proust was a French novelist who wrote the monumental novel In Search of Lost Time. And he said, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way Somewhere 